How is your work life going? Business, home, social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by entrepreneur, six-time author, professional speaker, and business coach, Jim Palmer. Jim, I'm so honored to host you on the show. Thank you for being here. Hi, it's my honor to be on your show, Hemda. Thanks for having me on. It's interesting. I was reading in your sixth book, which is called Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger, that you had this epiphany in your earlier years as an entrepreneur. You realized you weren't doing a lot of the things that are important for business owners and entrepreneurs in order to be continuously successful, like hosting a podcast, writing a book, working with a coach, and speaking in public. And so I've learned that you grew to do all of those things and more. And I'm interested in hearing more about this turning point that you experienced as it relates to common entrepreneur roadblocks that you see in your business coaching work. You know, there was a point in uh, around the 2009 timeframe. By that point in my business, Hemda had grown um, multiple six-figure businesses and and people wanted to know, how are you doing that? Can you help me? And that's when I started my coaching program. And for the first couple of years, I was growing. It was going nicely, but I wasn't growing as fast as I had wanted it to grow. Obviously, most entrepreneurs are impatient, want to grow further, faster. And so I ended up joining this um, high-level mastermind group in California. It had a number of coaches in it. And on one of our meetings, this gentleman had a multi-million dollar coaching business. And on one of the breaks, he took me aside and he said, Jim, let me ask you a question. He goes, you know, I know what you're doing to grow your business. And he says, I also know what you're not doing. And I have a question for you. He said, how is it that you think you're entitled to achieve the same level of success as other coaches, you know, people you emulate and and admire, but yet you're not willing to do the same things that they've done to grow their business and still do today? How does that work? That was a very real moment. I call that my Mr. T moment. I felt like I literally had Mr. T like three inches from my face, like giving me what for. And it was a moment that I'll that I'll never forget him to because I couldn't dispute any of that. I knew for a fact it was accurate, but I was the I was the owner of my own business. If I didn't want to do something, I wasn't going to do it. But then he really made it clear to me that you're not. He, he so much as said you're not going to achieve the kind of growth you want unless you're willing to man up or you know and step up. And the other part of that, so that's kind of the pers- that's kind of the business side of the equation. On the personal side, Hemda, during that time period. I have uh, uh, four kids. My my boys at the time were, I think, 17 and 19, so they were kind of on their way. But I had twin girls that were, I think, 15 or 16 at the time, and I knew they wanted to go to college. And we were in no shape financially. You know, even though my businesses were doing well, I was really paying down a mountain of debt from the early years. And, you know, I just – I didn't see how I was going to be able to help, you know, two girls, let alone one, you know, with college – and even though there were things that I didn't want to do in my business, I thought that if I can't do these things, 
then Mike, I'm going to be shortchanging my girls. And that was not good for me as a father. And that was really uh, the impetus, those two things which caused me to really start getting serious about growing my business. You were willing to receive that reality check and you also saw the tie-in between the efforts that you would make in your investment and how it would pay off for your family. That's true. And, you know, that's actually one of my teaching moments in the books. I say that's one of the things, if you can't find a way to do something that's good for your business because you're uncomfortable with it, for you not to do it and you to just assume the responsibility, you can assume the consequences as the business owner, that may may be okay with you. But when you personalize the the uh, inaction, your ability to step up, man up, woman up, whatever, when you personalize that, like say, okay, it may be okay with me, but by my not doing it, this is what's going to happen to somebody that I really care about. And what I find, Hemda, is that people will all, always step up and do more. They'll get up earlier. They'll dig deeper. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll, they'll just flat out do more for somebody else than they're willing to do for themselves. And what's the reason do you think that some people will receive the reality check like you did and take it up a notch and many notches and others don't do that? Because I know that you mentioned this as an important approach in your book that you have a very direct style, which to yep. me seems to be a very caring approach because you really want people to succeed. And so you do it in the service of having people learn some of the lessons you've learned that made a big difference for you. That's really true. You know, part of my direct style is because I've always been direct. The other part of that is, you know, I, I had um, cancer now three times in my life, but the worst time was 16 years ago, the first time. And I learned that when I was 41 years old, thinking I had another 40 or 50 years ahead of me, I thought I might have only five years left. I didn't, for about three weeks, I didn't know if I was going to be alive in five years. So you really think about how short the time frame is. And if, if someone's going to pay me money to help them grow their business, I'm not about to sugarcoat anything. I'm not about to tell them happy talk because I really want them to feel good about what they're doing. I'm going to tell them straight up, this is what you got to do and stop wasting your time over here. And so anyway, yeah, it is it is straight talk. Some some of my clients say Jim, Jim is, delivers tough love, but I just think that's the right way to do it. It seems also that the reality of time is really critical in terms of running a successful business. I have an hourglass on my desk, Hemda, and I've had it for a long time. And it reminds me that the sand is running out. And I think sand in the hourglass represents life. And you can't stop it. It will run out. You don't know. It could run out today, tomorrow, or, or 50 years from now. You don't know. It is going to run out. And so it's like I look at that and I really think of that as um, – you know, the book that I wrote before Decide was called Stop Waiting for Things to Get Easier. And I think of that. So many people hesitate to act on their dream and their wish, their desire to, to create a, a life in a, that they really love because they're waiting for things to get easier. Well, it's never going to get easier. I Trust me on that. I was hearing also the connection that you were making about personalizing your motivation to invest in your business, connecting it with your girls going to college, and there's a time element to that. They, they would be going to college, right, a few years or a couple of years after that point that you were, you were describing. They, they were 15 or 16 at the time. Yep. And then also having this recurring health situation really crystallized the importance of, of the moment and capturing the moment 
And it seems as though this issue of time connects very much with the point that you're making about the importance of deciding. And, and you brought that out in your book, Decide, also is encouraging entrepreneurs and business owners to avoid the middle ground of maybe and to choose either yes or no in order to move forward. Yeah. There's another one you just reminded me. I, I kind of forgot about it. But another time I personalized things is when I wrote my first book, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, I actually went out. First of all, I didn't just say, okay, I'm going to do it. I did a lot of things to learn how to be a speaker. I mean, every everything under the sun that you could suggest, I did it. And I didn't wait to see if one thing worked. I did it all. Anyway, I went out and, and did 28 speaking gigs to promote that book in a year. And one of the things that I, I did for myself, that was 2009, because in April of 2010, my wife Stephanie and I celebrated 30 years of marriage, and we had always planned to go to Hawaii. So what I did is that was motivation for me because the more people I got in, in front of, the more books I sold, the more clients I got and things like that. So for me to you know, deal with the airport and security, get on a plane, go somewhere and speak for an hour and then fly somewhere else, that's not a fun lifestyle. But every time I did it, I would grow my business and earn more money. And that for a while, all the money that I was earning on what I called my magic speaking tour – that was that that actually uh, paid for our Hawaiian vacation. You just responded to the question I was going to ask, which is <laughs> how you can differentiate between ob- this experience of obligation, like this is what you need to do. You need to be continuously out there. Yes. You're faced, right, in terms of promoting your business and having ongoing success. And so how how do you ensure that it's alive for you in a way that you feel your life force, you're having fun, and that it's not just drudgery. And so your point is, one of the points maybe in response to that is that you have to put a really good face on it, that part of your time-bound goal has to do with lifestyle interests, things that are very attractive to you that you can work toward, and all of these activities that are more meaningful because they're part of that process of getting there. Well, that's true. Goals per se are okay, but I'm a big fan of having a specific goal with a time period. Now, I call it put a stake in the ground. Let's say I'm going to write a book this year. When are you going to write your book? Will it be out by June, July? I mean, pick a date and work toward that and make it happen. So the other thing that I did was in the same time period, I said – actually, it was more like 2012. That's when things started turning around from their coaching business was growing. I said, I'm going to be looking for somewhere in the five-year mark. I want to be have my coaching business big enough so that I can put my other membership-style businesses and online programs on autopilot, hire and train a great staff to run those. I'll do the coaching. I want to be able to have enough clients and be charging enough so I can work three days a week and just really create a nice lifestyle. I didn't know at the time. I be living on a boat this big, but that was sort of in the back of my head. That's kind of what I was looking for. And then I made it happen. So I literally, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, I'm on the phone all day with coaching clients and doing interviews like this. And then Monday and Friday are off days for me. And for most of most of my career, I, I live in the uh, in where it's cold in the winter. So unless I've got something going on, you'll probably find me writing or producing or doing something, but I'll be uninterrupted. But now... You know, we're going to we're gonna actually going to be traveling in our boat on Mon- Fridays, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And then we'll pull into a marina and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, I'll be working. 
I know that it's just the beginning stage of this, but I can feel the good energy that you're experiencing right now. And I'd love to hear how, how it is so far. What kind of a difference are you experiencing working on the boat relative to the day-to-day that you had before? I'm really enjoying it, to be honest with you. It's a little bit like uh, that show Tiny House Living. I mean, we live in a tiny house on the water, although our house is bigger than some of those I see on TV. (laughs) But one of the things that we've noticed, so we sold one of our cars because we only need one car. We got rid of so much stuff. We got rid of some furniture to our kids, put a lot of it in storage, had to tremendously downsize what was in our closets. It's really kind of liberating when you can let go and shed weight, I guess might be a good way to say it. Because there's only, when you live on a boat, or in a tiny house or whatever, there's only so much you can have. And I'm somebody who everywhere I'd go, I'd see a cool T-shirt or a cool hat and I'd buy it because I love them. Not that I could ever wear them all the way. But I really had to decide about a dozen T-shirts and I had to whittle down my collection of about 40 hats to about five I'm looking at right now. So those are a lot of things. But you know what? I think we tend to, at least a lot in, in in this country anyway, we tend to gravitate toward things and possessions a lot. And it's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I'm now experiencing in sort of a unique way, I think, what it's like not to have a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? The other the other thing about living on the boat, honestly, is um, so this is a Tuesday when you and I are doing this, and so I had a bunch of calls this morning, and then I always schedule in an hour for lunch. And when I was in my apartment, when we were waiting to move on the boat, you know, I didn't you know, I'm supposed to get up and walk around. It's good for my back and stuff, but I can only walk so far in an apartment and sometimes it's cold. But I went out and I walked around the marina and I loved it. It was like I said to Steph, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on vacation. And it's also something that's a mobile experience for you. You're constantly changing your environment. Yeah, we're going to be uh, in a week and a half. We're going to be driving. We're, we're in um, Maryland right now in the upper part of the Chesapeake Bay. And so we're going to be taking a four-day, I estimate a four-day trip to New England. We're going to be spending most of the summer in Rhode Island, which is where one of my daughters and two grandkids live. And then in September or end of September, early October, we're going to come back to this area for a month and, and see family, friends, and do doctor's appointments and things like that. And then in November, again, the other reason for waiting is for hurricane season to be over. And then in, in early November, we're going to start heading south, and we're going to take the boat to Florida for this uh, winter. I hear a good amount of planning in this whole experience that you've had. It's so funny because Stephanie and I, Hemda, we feel like our life has been on autopilot. I mean, in a good way, but very predictable, safe lives, raise the kids. We had, the, we had our house for almost 29 years. We took care of it. We invested, put money away. We did all the, all the insurances. But... Our life, you know, like a lot of people, becomes very predictable. We know what time we get up. We know what time we go to work. We know what time we come home. We know what time Dancing with the Stars is on or something like that, you know. But this is really shaking it up because we, we haven't actually turned on the TV in almost a week, which is kind of funny. It's one of the things that when you try and do something big in business or life or whatever, very often your mind will kick in and play the what-if game. Well, what if this happens? What if I start a business and I lose money? What if I lose respect? What if I get this? What if I do that? And what we're doing, well, what if I get this big boat and I can't drive it too well? What if I hit somebody? What if I run aground or run out of gas? Or what if I sink? You know, all these what ifs. And you know what the bottom line is? If you don't just say yes and go forward and take the shot, you're never going to know what a great adventure you can just be on. 
And I actually just gave you the name of my book coming out in early May. It's called Just Say Yes. And really part of not only part of what I've done with my entrepreneurial career, but what Stephanie and I have done over this has been a year in the making. We kind of take people through that journey because sometimes we're saying yes to things without knowing exactly what we're doing. You know what I mean? We had to send Stephanie to a chart reading school for two days to learn how to navigate so we know where we are, all these different things. But we said yes to this a long time ago, knowing that every day there's going to be a new challenge, but we're going to wake up and we're going to figure it out. And it sounds like part of saying yes, that it's not just a whimsical experience. You put a lot into thinking about this experience and working to prepare in as many ways as you could while acknowledging that there were going to be a lot of unknowns and unexpected experiences. There are going to be unexpected experiences every day. First of all, that's life in general, but it's especially true life on a boat. I mean, a boat, even a, a nice, a, this is a pretty nice big boat, but it's it's kind of like a camper, just a fancy camper. I mean, we don't have copper tubing. There's plastic pipes. <laughs> I mean, everything is very different. It's I'm not saying it's fragile, but it's very different. When you hear a noise or something, you go investigate to make sure you're not spewing water somewhere or make sure, you know, it's just uh, the last thing in the world any financial advisor would tell anybody that, that as close to retirement as we are is to do is to invest in a boat. It's the least it's the most ridiculous thing you could do as an investment, but we didn't do it as an investment. We did it to go on a big adventure. So maybe this is a good place to talk a little bit about how successful people think differently. Yes, sure. So do you want me to kind of take off or do you want to ask me a question? There? I would love for you to take off. So how people think differently about success, It's I think success is a very personal thing. There are people – and so – I seem to be relating a lot to the boat, but when we tell people, whether it's friends, family, all the way down to somebody who's been cutting Stephanie's hair for 15 years, who, no matter who it is, we tell them, we get one of two reactions. One is, oh my God, that's so cool. Or it's like, are you crazy? I mean, mm-hmm. it's really the opposite and there's no in between. And I think that's very unique and because people have different impressions of not only what success is, but what the right way to achieve it is. I'll give you an example. There's a lot of people right now who are talking. It's not unique to this time frame, but you always hear about work-life balance. You know, it's really important to, you know, and I totally get that. I totally know. I was very blessed. My girl, when I started my business, my girls were 13. My boys were 15 and 17. So it wasn't like they were two and three and needed a lot of attention. And they certainly weren't in first and second grade. But having said that, when you become an entrepreneur, and you're trying to achieve work-life balance, it is it is almost never going to happen because the reality is, let's say you made a promise to, to your kid that you're going to go to Little League or to, or to see the ballet recital, whatever it is. And at five o'clock, just when you're getting ready to head out the door because you can honor that commitment, doggone it. What if a prospect that you've been working on for six months calls and says, for me, hey Jim, I'm in town, but I'm I'm actually flying out tomorrow. My flight got delayed. I'd love to have dinner and see if we can't finally come together and get this project off the ground. What are you going to do at that point? Are you going to tell this potential client that could be worth thousands, if not you know tens of thousands of dollars to your business? Sorry, I'm going to go to my recital now. You may do that, and plenty of people do. And if that's your choice, I mean that's a perfect example of I guess the question you asked is there's different people who have different degrees of success. I happen to think if you're an entrepreneur, 
you're not just able to turn your business off at five o'clock. You you may be a mom and a, and a dad and a daughter, but as a business owner, you don't turn that off e- either. And it, it is an unbelievable amount of time and energy that goes into building a successful business. Now, they say that people, the top 1% is made up of people who are willing to do certain things for a certain period of time so that they can have the lifestyle that not many people will have. Doesn't mean you got to work 80 or 90 hours a week for 10 years. It, it might be the case, but in, in, all, in reality, if you do things right for a certain period of time, you're going to greatly accelerate the growth of your business and you might be able to achieve some balance later. But if you're going to choose, and this is where I'll probably get in trouble with some, but that's it. If you choose to go to that ballet recital, that little league game and not meet with that client you've been nurturing for 90 days or 100 days or six months, and it could be worth untold amounts of money to your business, I don't think that's a good decision as a business owner. It seems then embedded in what you're saying is doing a really honest evaluation of what is required in order to be successful at what you're doing or what you're interested in doing and whether or not that's something that you're willing to do. That's true. You know, most most successful people will say, if I knew then what I know now about what it would take, I probably wouldn't have started. But when you achieve a certain level of success, you're no longer like week to week and cash flow is good. And you're, I mean, you're getting to do some things that you want to do. It's a really, I mean, it's a really good feeling because you've worked so hard to do it. What I'm saying is whether it's the first six months or first six years, it's different for different people. But growing a business that's going to really not only support your family, provide for your retirement, provide for, you know, financial security, time freedom, support employees, perhaps. A business that's going to do all of that is not going to happen simply because you want it bad enough. And part of what what it seems like you're talking about also is future value that you're, you're also working towards something that you aspire to, like your ability right now to work a few days and to travel for the rest of the week on your boat. That's true. I wasn't able, I wouldn't have been able to do what we're doing now, say six years ago, but it was a goal of mine. I don't ever anticipate turning 62 or finding say, okay, I'm done. I don't think I'll do that. I don't, I'm, I am incapable of sitting still. Steph laughed at me no less than six times last night because we're finally kind of relaxing and reading and she's looking at charts and stuff. And I see, what's that? And I go, oh, there's nothing. And then I'll go back on the couch and I'll pick up a book or my iPad and I'll, I'll hear a noise or I'll see something. Or I'll say, what's that smudge over there? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I literally accept the fact that I, it's almost like, what do they call ants in the pants? I can't sit still. The, the joke is, and it's not a joke, it's really happened about 15 years ago. No, it would have to be longer. I mean, 20 years ago, my kids gave me a hammock on Father's Day, and I bet I sat in that thing 42 minutes total in the last 20 years. I guess you have your own version of hammock now. I do. That's true. You sleep very well on a boat, I give you that. And it seems also that it's wonderful to reach that place that we can all appreciate, I think, which is it's a celebratory experience that while your work journey goes on, it's great to also be able to pause a little bit more and to appreciate all of the investments that you've made these years in your marriage, as parents, in your work lives, just to be able to give yourself a little bit of gratitude as well. Oh, you're bringing up a point which is not talked about enough. Like, 
it seems like it's almost like when somebody has a birthday, you got to tell them to have a cake, right? Birthday cake. But when you, there are times, and I, I work with a, uh, a mindset coach, the best in the business, Melanie Benson. And Melanie school, has been schooling me for at least nine years. But there was a point where, and three years ago when I bought my first boat and I thought it was amazing and I finally arrived, everything. And I, that's when I really started adhering to my three-day-a-week schedule. And the first time I did that, Hemda, it was a Sunday night. I decided to stay an extra night on spend the Monday on the boat. And Monday morning when I woke up, the marina empties out. Everybody goes to work and home and they come down on their boats on the weekend. When I got up on Monday morning and I kind of came outside and I looked around, I was like the only one in this marina. And honest to goodness, I felt guilty. I started feeling like, well, gosh, what am I doing here? Shouldn't I be at work? Shouldn't I be growing my business? And I had reached a point and a milestone where I was able to do something that I really wanted to do. But then, to be honest with you, it felt weird to be able to do it. So there are things that if you're if you're fortunate and blessed that you're going to be able to do with hard work. But once you get to do them, you need, you need to – it might take a little bit of practice to learn actually how to do them. And I know that sounds weird, but – I mean, I'm I'm 58, soon to be 59, so I'm kind of a, a you know a baby boomer generation. It's kind of the worker bees, you know. You you go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> and so it it was actually difficult for me to start dialing it back a little bit because I felt like I should keep my pedal on the accelerator, or my foot on the accelerator. I'm hearing a lot of preparation in the different levels of achievement that you've had. In this case, even being on your boat, you mentioned having a boat before. And while you didn't take this length of journey on your boat, you still made some of the modifications that are making this experience maybe a little bit more natural. You are really cultivating your readiness to do what you're doing now. That's true. But listen, if you wake up every day and wondering what you're going to do that day, you're going to be just like every day will be – you're going to be what I call a fireman. You're just going to put out the fire that's burning the brightest and the hottest. Maybe by the end of your workday, you'll figure out, okay, what can I do to make tomorrow better? And you'll do a little bit of that. But if you don't have a plan – I remember when I – long, long time ago when I was in school, they used to talk about a, a one-year, three-year, five-year, and a 10-year plan. I don't know anybody that can have a five-year or a realistic 10-year plan because the world changes so much, right? But I think you should have a one-year plan and a three-year plan and perhaps five-year goals, if you will. And you got to figure out what what those what it looks like and then agree to that and, and kind of put a stake in the ground, as I say. And then you got to reverse engineer it and figure out what do I have to do to make that happen? You know, when I six years ago said, you know, somewhere in the five-year mark, I want to be able to work three days a week and blah, blah, blah. I knew I had to hire and train and and equip a, a really good team of virtual assistants to run no-hassle newsletters, no-hassle social media, concierge print mail on demand, custom article generator, all the different things. And and I did that, but it didn't happen overnight. It took me really a full year because I document everything. There's training programs. Everything is laid out. We got some really good project management software. So there's a lot that went into that. And it, like I say, it didn't happen overnight, but it's in place now. And it having that in place and having those people in place allows me to do the three-day-a-week thing with my coaching clients. Jim, what you're saying about having a one-year and a three-year and a five-year plan makes a lot of sense because you're really lending meaning to every single activity that's a part 
of moving in the direction of that plan. So it goes hand in hand with what you're talking about in terms of making efficient decisions and also being very responsible with how you're using your time, that you can easily evaluate then what's in the service of the overarching goals and what doesn't fit. It's true. And uh, I'll tell you, no matter how smart you are as an entrepreneur, we all think we're pretty smart, your business will accelerate uh, perhaps, perhaps exponentially if you work with an experienced business coach and be part of a mastermind. When you work, I mean, the, the easiest way to get somewhere where, where you've never been before is to ask somebody who's actually done that. It's kind of like when you pick up your, your phone, whether it's Siri or whoever the equivalent is on on uh, the, the other platform there. But if somebody says, hey, let's meet at XYZ Restaurant, you say, okay, see you there. And then you push the button, directions, I need directions, XYZ Restaurant. And you're, you're trusting this phone, and it's going to take you there, and it's going to tell you how to get there. And the reason it can do that is it's either done it through something like Waze or Google Maps or whatever. But... So many people that own a business don't put together the fact that, hey, wait a minute, if I want to have multiple six-figure businesses or if I want to do this, if I want to do that, I can find people who have done that. I should seek, I should seek them out as mentors or coaches, and that will accelerate my growth in, in achieving that dream. This is a beautiful segue to our wrap-up in which I'd love to talk a little bit more about some of the educational opportunities that you offer to business owners and entrepreneurs so that we can take some of the concepts we talked about today and go further. I know two of them are your Dream Business Academy and your Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program. Would you say a little bit about each one? Sure. Yeah. So when I started coaching, that has morphed into what I, is called the Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. It's an, it's really a phenomenal program. Everybody works one-on-one with me to help, you know, not only formulate a good strategy, a brand, marketing, but working with me to get their business, you know, to the next level. There's three different coaching programs depending on, you know, how fast and how far you want to go and, and honestly the level of investment. But I also put on a live event called Dream Business Academy. I do that twice a year. Uh, in February, we were in Orlando, and in end of September, I think it's 27th, 28th, and 29th, we're going to be in Rhode Island. So it's a three-day event. It's and I say this with with a straight face. It's a three-day event unlike any other because it's a teaching event. There's no order forms. There's no pitching. It's 100% content, and I take people through two and a half days of pretty much revealing what I've done to grow my business, and I share both what works, what doesn't work. I bring some of my team members and some of my good friends who are uber successful. It's an amazing event, but I, I cap it at 50 people because I think that's, for me, that's the sweet spot of getting interaction and having the speakers and myself and everybody get to know each other. We're at, uh, as you and I are doing this interview and we're months out, we're at like 27 or 28 tickets sold. So we got somewhere around 20 to 23 tickets. And if people want to learn more about either of those, uh, Dream Business Academy is Dream Biz Academy, dreambizacademy.com. And uh, the coaching program, it was dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. I would love to actually give your listeners, Hemda, a free copy of Decide. That's the book we've been talking about the most. Uh, would that be okay? That's phenomenal. Okay. So if you go to decideforsuccessbook.com, decideforsuccessbook.com, I will ship you within 24 hours 
a paperback. It's about 188 pages, I think. This book will absolutely change the direction of your business because it's really about a lot of the mindset stuff that we've been talking about. And it's $6.95 for shipping and handling. That's the only thing we'd ask just to cover the shipping and handling. But we'll actually we'll mail the book to you. Somebody on my team will within 24 hours at decideforsuccessbook.com. Thank you for your generosity, Jim. That's lovely. We talked about your seventh book, which is about to come out. I know that you're in the process of wrapping it up. Do you have a sense of when it will be published? It'll be published May 15th. And we're going to do a pretty big thing. We'll probably give away probably four or 500 copies of, of the book. Just go to getjimpalmer.com. There's an opt-in there. I give it. My, it's called my 10-day dream business transformation. If you just join my mailing list, you know we'll let you know when that's going to come out. But we're on track to launch May 15th. It's called Just Say Yes, Create Your Dream Business, and Live Your Dream Lifestyle. Jim, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful inspiration that you're bringing to us from your boat and this amazing new journey you're on. The roadmap that you offer to other entrepreneurs and small businesses has been such a treat to get to know you a bit. And I want to follow up with you once you're, you're done with this stage of the boat journey. It's 18 months, did you say, that you're planning? Okay, only because my wife's not sitting next to me, I'll tell you the truth. She thinks it's 18 months. I think it's five years. The truth will be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Im- that's impressive. No, so we've, that's- agreed, we've agreed to an 18-month plan, but in all candor, we both love it. We think we're going to continue to love it so much. We'll probably do it for two or three years. And if it's going super well, maybe longer. But yeah, eight, we, we have an 18-month plan as far as where we're going, when we're going. After that, we'll just figure out another 18 months, hopefully. This is a beautiful marriage of planning and preparation and also being open to the new things that come in that are not expected. Uh, well, thank you. As a matter of fact, tomorrow's our 37th wedding anniversary, so it's pretty special. Congratulations. Thank you, Hamda. Thank you so much for today. It's been an absolute treat to be a part of the various celebrations that you're experiencing in your life right now. Well, thank you. There's, it's a big world. It's full of opportunities. And sometimes what people have to do is, is just jump before you're ready and grow your wings on the way down. That truly is one of the tenets of growing a successful business and leading a life that's really more of an adventure than a drudgery is you just got to go. You got to jump and you got to figure it out. Or in, in other words, you just have to say yes. I love that visual of jumping and growing your wings on the way down. Yeah. There's just so many things in life that people think about and maybe we attract like-minded people. So most of the people that I've known for, for my 58 years, they want to be very careful, judicious and plan and deliberative and all these different things. But sometimes life is going by too quick to do that and you just got to kind of grab the brass ring or as I say jump before like I bought this boat I've never driven a 50-foot boat before but I studied up I learned it I, I managed to do it now there's so many things that we have to figure out together and honestly we're just gonna we're just gonna hope those wings spread out and nobody gets hurt and everybody has a good time but I think life life is an adventure, and it's, it's meant to be lived as an adventure. Thanks for having me on. This was a good time. Thank you, Jim. And I just want to invite listeners, if you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to share them by emailing me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also share comments and questions by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Life and Career Choices. 
Until next time, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Till next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then.